Hello and welcome back to Beyond Survival, the new teacher podcast. My name is Jamie Tom. Today is today's, um, this week's teacher talk, which is a 15 minute talk exploring an aspect of teaching and learning in the classroom with hopefully some really practical things for you to, to implement in your own classroom. I've been thinking about this topic a lot recently as I am currently training to run a marathon in May. So I'm doing loads and loads of running. And so the topic today is motivation. And I was particularly thinking about this last week on Wednesday. And I'm a very serious runner and I run sort of six times a week, quite train quite hard in running. And I was out for a 14-mile run and the wind was howling down and the rain was pelting into my face. And I stopped at 10 miles and I just thought to myself, what on earth am I doing this for? And I, and I managed to persevere and I managed to keep going and I finished the run. But at the end of it, I really thought about that, that notion of motivation. What's motivating me to do this marathon? What's motivating me to run? And I think it's a fascinating one when it comes to young people. And when we think about motivation and what helps young people to feel more motivated in our classrooms. And a book that's had a real positive impact for me in terms of my understanding of motivation in the classroom is Peps McRae's book, Motivated Teaching. And in answer to the question, what is motivation? Peps McRae writes the following. When faced with competing opportunities, our pupils must have some way of determining where to allocate their limited attention. This is where motivation comes in. Motivation is the mental system, mental system rather, that sifts through the opportunities available to us and determines what we should attend to. Now, in our classrooms, that's a really, really complex one. Because particularly in the secondary setting, young people are in and out of lots of different subjects and their attention is hugely diversified. So given that, and if we go with that definition, motivation determines what we should attend to. What can we do in our classrooms to help ensure that the attention and the motivation of young people is aligned with our subject? in the secondary setting or learning more in general rather than anywhere else. And I'll start with my motivational confessions. And these are my own pedagogical mistakes I've made over and over again in my own teaching. I'll break it down into three motivational mistakes before we move on to looking at some things that hopefully can help supporting our students' motivation. So the first I'm going to just define as chocolate. I taught a, a really challenging class in my NQT year, so my ECT year in central London, uh, and it was a reset GCSE class. It was 15 boys in central London. And for a while, I thought, I know how I'm going to break this class. I'm going to bring in a box of chocolates every single lesson. And when somebody answers a question, I'm going to chuck a chocolate, I'm going to chuck a chocolate at them. I'm going to be throwing chocolate left, right, and center. And it, it possibly worked for about a lesson before I became a very bizarre form of Willy Wonka, a kind of sugar factory for those young people. And it just didn't work. And it broke down very, very quickly. 
Another motivational mistake I've made is, is by trying to make my lessons as fun as possible. Trying to have lots of really interesting games, trying to bring things in that is going to make them really find my lessons fun. And again, works in the short term, but it's unsustainable and impossible in the long term. And often it reduces learning down to gimmicks. A final third thing is praise. Quite often I would fall into the trap of just feeling that if I really praised everything the young people did, then they would be really motivated. So if they wrote a sentence, I'd be saying, this is wonderful, I'm so proud of you, I'm so pleased that you've managed to write that sentence. And inevitably that backfires because there's a lack of sincerity to it. And it means that our expectations in the classroom are really low. So now I've briefly outlined those three mistakes. Let's start thinking what potentially does make an impact. And I'm going to counter this with some some of my own thoughts, my own experience. But also I released a book last year called Talking to Teenagers. And in that book I got about a thousand teenagers who were very fortunate filled out a survey for me. And one of the questions centred around motivation. And the teenagers gave some great feedback about what motivates them in classrooms. So I'm going to share some of their feedback as well. So what's the first big thing that's going to have a really positive impact in motivating your students? Very simply, it's you. It's the classroom teacher. And there's a Maya Angelou quote that I absolutely love. And I think it's so important for us as teachers. And it starts as following. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Now, who you are in your classroom Your level of positivity, your level of enthusiasm, your level of passion for learning is massively transferable. And nothing you can do, no wonderful PowerPoint slide, no gimmicky fun lesson that you plan is going to have as much impact as the person and the way of being that you bring into your classroom. And the teenage feedback I received really reiterates this message. I'll read out three things. The first, motivation usually improves with engagement and attitude of teacher. If I like the teacher, I will have greater motivation to do well in their class and engage with them as opposed to indifference. As such, being friendly to students, like saying hello in corridors or casually talking with them, will improve motivation. Here's another. Piece of teenage feedback. Be enthusiastic and make the classroom an enjoyable place to be, and I will be more motivated. And a final one is really succinct, but I think really powerful. Listen to me, and I will be more motivated. So, those three examples interconnect with the way of being as a teacher. And I think there's a real important distinction to make here it's not about being the young person's friend. It's not about people pleasing and being really nice to young people. It's a much more complex skill than that. 
It's about you bringing your own personal qualities, your own passion for your subject, perhaps, for learning, perhaps, for working with young people and making that really overt for the students in your classroom. It's also for me a really big one about noticing the young people who are sitting in front of you. And that's what that final bit of teenage feedback, listen to me, for me really reiterates. If we listen to our young people, if they feel a connection with us, then they're going to be more likely to be motivated and engaged in what they're doing. So that's number one. You, your presence, your way of being in the classroom. The second one is to help motivate young people, give them opportunities for success. Enable and plan for them to get better at whatever skill you're exploring with them. And a really nice phrase that I've heard lots of teachers use, and I think is really strong in the classroom, is you are growing as a boom. So you're growing as a writer. You're growing as a footballer. You're growing as a scientist. Articulating that to young people and helping them to see how they are improving in your subject will help them. And there's two different forms of motivation. There's intrinsic motivation and there's extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is the one we really want to tap into as teachers. It's that internal motivation that does things for our own benefit. That real internal drive. Extrinsic motivation is the opposite. We're doing things for some kind of reward, for some kind of chocolate, sweet, exam result, etc. So we can't discount that from our classrooms completely, but really we want young people to really feel the sense that it's important to them to get better and develop in our subject area. And to do that, we need to articulate the why of our subject. So for me as an English teacher, I'd articulate why it's important they grow as a writer, how that's going to help them in the long term. And that requires us to really cultivate their discipline and their reflective skills so that they can see if they work hard, they're going to get results. And part of our role as a teacher is to signpost how they get results. So a really nice bit of teenage feedback that I got for the book for this was this quotation here. Don't patronise me. Don't tell me if I'm doing amazing or great or excellent. Tell me how to improve. If I have nothing to improve, tell me what I can do next. Or even what I'm already doing well on. Dull words and phrases to mark things I've spent hours on are unrewarding and disappointing. So in order to facilitate young people's ability to get opportunities for success in our classroom, we need to give them specific clear feedback and young people appreciate that and they want that they want to get better so that means we need to provide praise 
that is specific and meaningful. And Daniel T. Willingham, the cognitive scientist, has got an excellent quotation on this. He says, to motivate students, especially older students, who are more discerning and better able to appreciate the difference between what is said and what is meant, teachers need to avoid praise that is not truthful or is not being earned. So it's about finding praise that is specific, that's meaningful, and that young people can understand what they've done well on, that really signposts to them what they've done well on. So that's a couple of things you can do. Think about you, your persona, how you are in the classroom, and how that can help to motivate them in a way that's authentic for you. How are you scaffolding and supporting student success, helping them to become better in your subject? And also, how are you providing praise and feedback that's specific, that's clear, helps them to recognize what they're doing well and what they could improve on? And that will really help to motivate them. A couple of other really brief things, just in the two minutes I've got left. Some key things to do are to articulate the why. What's the rationale for doing things? So when I was on that 14-mile run last week, when I did stop, one of the things I was thinking about is I've got two reasons for doing this. One is I'm running a marathon for, for a charity, a brilliant charity I volunteer with. So I want to raise lots of money for them. And that's one of my motivations. The other is I'm really competitive and I want to run a really quick time. I want to run a sub two hour 40 marathon. So I'm really investing quite a lot in that in the moment. But I'm quite clear on those two reasons. And I'm quite clear how running helps me and it helps me in my life. So what's the why of your subject? What's the why of the lesson? What's the reason why you're asking young people to do things? I think in that terms of that you persona is to reflect a little bit on if that you persona role models certain things. Does it role model a curiosity for learning? Does it role model high expectations in terms of what young people can achieve? And does it role model, finally, the idea of mistake making? That in this classroom, it's okay to make mistakes. And mistakes are a vital part of growing and developing as a learner. So I hope the last 15 minutes, talking through some aspects of motivation, has been helpful. If it has, as always, I'd be massively grateful if you did pass it on and share. This podcast, as I say, relies entirely on audience participation in terms of passing things on and sharing it. So I really appreciate if you would do that for me. And also, I don't ask for this very often, but it really helps in terms of spreading the word if you either subscribe to the show or if you wouldn't mind leaving a little review or rating, that would massively help me out as well. So I look forward to speaking with you again next week. I've got a brilliant episode that I'm going to share on Monday. It's about memory and how to develop memory in the classroom with two wonderful authors of a new book about memory. So I look forward to speaking with you then. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the week.